Hi, this is your unfriendly neighborhood dungeon master, Kyle Scott, welcoming you back to Caverns and Comedians. I'd just like to send a hearty congratulations to our fan Luke on his recent wedding. Congratulations. I would also like to say to my sister, who just had a baby, don't expect much from me. And follow us on Twitter at CavernsPod and at Tumblr, which is coming back at CavernsPod at Tumblr.com. And tell everyone you can about us, uh, like and subscribe, and thanks for listening. How does a simple congratulation sound so creepy coming from you? Because I am fundamentally opposed to happiness. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto comedians. Last time, Finnick was drenched in disfiguring acid and Morgrim Brownfist fell to his death. At the end of the long haul past the door that was actually an annihilation trap and at the top of what is was once stairs but is now a super happy fun slide leading to mysterious pit of death you stand you hear the echoing screams in your mind of the fading voice of morgrim so this isn't the way yeah i don't think we should go that way well we were told to go down nothing said how fast we should go well you go first i don't want to die i mean it was it was like a big key it's like a big fancy door. Yes, there was a key. I mean, that makes it seem like we should have gone in this direction. Yes, it does. But it also sees, as we could see, it leads to certain deaths. Do you guys want that? Well, I mean, like every door we're trying to go through so far, something tries to kill us. Or, we... or like buckets of monsters. Okay, let me try something. Uh, Finnick pats his slippers of spider climbing. Don't let me down now. He steps one step onto the wall. On the side of the stairwell. You are spider climbing on the side of this wall. All right. I'm going to go see how far down it goes. All right. And we promise not to talk about you while you're gone. Good. Y you do? I'm going to talk about him. Yes. Have you looked at his face? It still looks disgusting. Oh, I'm still here. Oh, sorry. Could you get going? Mm. A single tear rolls up Finnick's face because he's upside down. Great. <laughs> he walks down. <laughs> As you go down the side of this passageway, it is very deep. You feel like you must be several hundred feet underground now. It is very cold. The air is very thin. <sighs> hey, guys. It's, uh, well, wear your jackets. You expected more of an echo off of your voice because you heard uh, Morgrim screaming and there was a bit of an echo, but it seems like your voice goes into nothing and it isn't traveling. Huh. Flat noise. Hank leans forward and listens to see if Finnick is splatting against anything. The party hears uh, Finnick's voice very easily. You can hear the echoes of his voice. It's, it's distant, but you can hear him fine. Finnick! Finnick, what's going on down there? Finnick cannot hear this. Be quiet, we're trying to talk! I'm just saying eyelids are very important to making a face look right. I, I agree. He does have his eyelids. It's just the eyebrows that are very gone, and I'm not sure they're going oh. to grow back. Where'd, where'd everyone go? What is this? Is this claustrophobia? Is that, is, that, is that what this feels like? Oh, there's cold and there's darkness and I can't hear anything. 
I'm in a coffin. I've been dead this whole time. Ah, well, at least I figured it out. You can't really tell if there's more. It just goes into darkness, and there's just dark. You're so far down that there's darkness up. You don't. You can't really hear anything. You can't see. You can no longer tell which way is up and which way is down. Well, I guess the best thing I can do is to just keep walking. Just keep walking. Uh, Agata tries to figure out if there's anything she can tell about this tricky staircase and super, super happy fun slide to death. From what you've seen on the walls previously, this is, was sort of a sanctum, a training ground for clerics of Helm, but this bears no relation to anything that you have ever heard of in relation to your god in the worship of him. The The door trap, the uh, orb of annihilation trap, is not of a school of magic that any cleric or paladin of Helm would have been involved with. Well, guys, it seems like... Uh... Some malicious force has taken over the God of Helm training grounds. Yes, whatever was entombed here seems to have made some changes. And not for the better. And they seem to like stonework for some reason. And slides? I guess if you have time on your hands. Yeah, you'd have to do something, right? Yeah. Hmm. It's just getting colder and colder down here. You know what? I'm going to go back. Finnick makes a 180 and starts walking in that direction. I'm kind of concerned about how long Phoenix has been gone. You concerned? No. No, not at all? He's I mean, expendable at this point. I mean, I'm curious. Whoa, jeez. That was a 180. What? I thought you were married and you loved him. No, Didn't I, I make it rather clear last time? Yes. Yeah, well, no, I know yes. you're mad, but I mean, like... It's a quite a 180. That well, I'm made. a vengeance paladin. I'm not a happy fun slide paladin. Fair enough. I'm just saying, let's, let's not say anything that might hurt his feelings when he gets back within uh, this thing range. Ooh, okay. let's hurt his feelings. Okay, okay, nobody talk about his eyebrows. You know what? I'm going to try to take a look and see. Uh, Hank t- morphs his dancing lights to move them down the slide, try to shed some of his pink calming light down into the darkness where Finnick is. Hank's dancing lights move as far down this passage as he can get them, and the light shines in a pool, and you see in the flickering darkness... Finnick is walking in circles on the side of the wall, just absolutely blindly, as though he cannot see anything. Well, I think that's the end of Finnick Fleetwood. Let's be on our way. I mean, I think he's still alive. I mean, he's creepy as hell right now. Even in the pink light, it's not its not soothing it at all. This is really fucking creepy. Here I am in my coffin, walking away into the darkness. Ooh, how cold I am. Ooh. Hank Ooh, slowly dispels his dancing lights so they fade <laughs> slowly into darkness. Fook eases the door shut. <laughs> Seriously, you guys are abandoning Finnick? I mean, I know he looks weird without the eyebrows, but come on. I, I just need a minute to collect myself and come up with a plan because that is creeping me out, man. And I really do think there's something wrong with his eyelids. Okay, fine, but we can address the eyelids and eyebrow stuff later once we save him and perhaps figure out how to save ourselves. You know, there's a bit of self-interest here that you might be interested in. Well, we are completely overlooking the whole lowering ourselves down on ropes. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to paint a a ladder with my magic paint, but (laughs) sure, let's use our ropes. 
I mean, clearly there's something down there that is messing with his mind, so uh, I'd recommend everyone stay very close to me because, as a paladin, I make your minds a little bit stronger through my magical aura. I'm very concerned about that. Oh, well, it works for me. Really? Quite well. Can you tell me what happened last month? Um. Yeah, my point exactly. There was a full moon, I guess. He's, got, he's got you there. Well, yes. He yes. knows there's a full moon every month at some point. I probably had a burrito. No, you didn't, actually. Oh. Well, I See? usually do. But you didn't. I'll no. put it on my to-do list. Okay. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> Shall we have lunch first and then... <laughs> I mean, Phoenix seems pretty stable. We can have lunch from our rations and then go get Phoenix. Yes, we have to find something to tie our ropes to anyway. That could take a while. It can. Hank opens the door a little bit. Hey, Finnick, if you're cool, let's take a quick break. Don't say anything or say something creepy. Hopping on my grave. Hopping on my grave. Hoopy, 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 hopping on my Speaks grave. Speaks for itself. Hank closes the door. Now, I'm pretty sure this is a pate, but it could just be something that's gone very, very bad. Oh, I have some olives. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> you saying with the, with the moldy, well, my with the moldy uh, pate, you're... Knocking my olives. Oh, we're learning about each other. Isn't this nice? This is very nice. I, I wish Finnick was a, here. I had a bit of hard tack, you know, like a hard tack biscuit. Oh, it's it's a soggy tack now. I left it in my pants too long. What I, in your pants got damp enough to soggy I up don't your want, hard tack? Don't ask questions we don't want answers to. We've been going a lot of places. It's got a lot of flavor to it. Hmm. Too much flavor. Let's move on. Yes. Damn Maybe it. we should go get Finnick. I think with the options of. Going down to certain deaths versus looking at your soggy food. I know Who which one I Who else has a rope? I've got 50 feet. I've got rope. Oh, yeah, I got some rope. That's 150 feet. This pit is not going to know what hit it. Oh, I'm also going to cast a little bit of feather fall on you guys. So if you slip and fall, you'll like slip and fall real slow. Thank you. Much appreciated. Oh, and we can run around like we're on the moon. Yeah, no, that'll work. Wait, how do you know what it's like <laughs> on the moon? I've had a long history. Fair enough. But you can't remember any of it. I remember being on the moon. <laughs> that would stand out. <laughs> Hank slides open the door and we tie off our ropes to the sturdiest thing on the door, back of the door we can find. Having a snack on my short break. Having a snack on my short break, yeah. Just gonna go down through my dead intestines. How did I think I was married to that man? To be fair, you were confused about a lot of things. You need to correct my shield once in a while. Okay, give me your shield. Oh, here you go. What does it say on the shield, on Fook's shield? It says a hell of a lot of stuff. <laughs> Item number seven on Fook's shield. Why I hate olives. I mixed them up with eyeballs that one time. It didn't go well. Item number 12. Gods who are like kangaroos carry you in their pouch as if their wisdom is carrying you through life. And they give you ice cream because that's a way to get them into the pouch. Item number 72. Finnick is an evil person who deserves to die. Agata looks at all three items and decides to change the word hate to love. Why I love olives. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. You just altered a fundamental part of his personality. <laughs> As you guys start lowering yourselves down, Agata and Hank feel fine. It's a little chilly. The air is getting a little thin, but you expect that with something so deep. But Fook is going to lose sight of you. He's going to feel like he's been descending further and further and getting further and further away from the two of you. 
and he can't comprehend how deep this passage is. Oh no, we got another circle. Oh my, this is a weird place to be. Um, hello? He's wrapping himself up in the cord like a mummy. Wait, wait, is that like a jumper but circular? No, no it's like, like the rope. He's, he's like reeling us up in the rope. Oh dear, fuck, fuck. Fook, think of Steve. Look at the floppy ears. Think of the floppy ears. He's turning me into a person meatball in a spaghetti of rope. Oh, no. Uh, uh, Berta, could you check on the children? They've been very quiet. Um, I put them down for a nap, but I haven't heard anything from them. Berta? I've got two pies in the oven. The children are fine. They're fine. Fook. Fook, come back to us. Berta, what's that noise? No, I can't give you three pies because I have two pies in the oven. Agata and Hank see Finnick and Fook talking to each other now. They're now interacting. They're trapped in each other's uh, hallucination. Oh, I was nervous. I haven't seen you for a while, Berta. You say you want four pies? Undoable. Well, there's so many children, they need to be fed. Hank... Do you think if we smack them upside the head, it would work? I mean, I'm getting reeled in to Fook right now, so I think I'm about to hug him and I can't do anything about it. Okay, so how can we stop this? I'm going to hug as hard as I can. Oh, dear God. Why do you hug people when they don't want to be hugged? This is not helpful. I have no other options. I had a dream that you died. I am making pies in my death house. Oh, thank God. Wait, death house? Death house. Oh, no. Oh, I can hear you now. Who? What? What? Berta? As Fook continues to wind Hank up as he gets into contact, he hugs Fook as he can't get away anyway and whispers in his ear, You're safe, little buddy. You're safe. As the arms wrap around Fook, he sees them as decayed, desiccated flesh as though it was a zombie reaching around him. Evil dead thing. You are not welcome in my home. Fook tries to draw his battle axe. Fook is very confused by the fact that he's in his living room, but he's also wrapped up in rope and a halfling. And now this giant guy who's wrapping his arms, his undead arms. So Fook is trying to get any weapon he can reach on his body to make an attack. Hank manages to his hug, even though it is not a good hug. It's kind of an awkward hug. He's kind of got, he has one of your arms pinned by his hug. So your Fook is not able to reach for his axe. Fook bites. It's not hard enough. You're not really able to bite hard enough down to to get through the skin. Oh, you're just hungry. Don't eat, mother. Eat a pie. Okay, so Agata pulls out a backup monkey wrench and one small chisel hammer and aims with at Finnick and at Fook, hoping to knock their knock them back into this realm or world. The chisel hammer. The handle hits Finnick right between the eyes, right on the bridge of the nose, sort of stunning him for a second. Ah. Finnick! Wake the fuck up! You hear this. Oh. Oh. Finnick isn't dead anymore. Uh, uh, Where are you? You're an idiot. You see her directly behind you. (laughs) I got her. Here, grab onto the rope, idiot. I have spider climbing shoes on. Okay, well then at least help me get Fook, who's about to kill Hank. Why are you being so mean right now? Because you've been an idiot while we've been having lunch. You've no, been walking I've in been circles. No, I've been talking to my mother and giving her pies. You've been under the influence of magic. 
idiots. Slowly, Finnick's mind starts to clear, and he realizes that he has spent the last few minutes walking in a circle. I didn't get too far, did I? He's th- he's still trying to bite. Get him off ah. me. <laughs> Girl, what's, wrong, what's wrong with the Folk, Nomi? Folk is under the same influence of the same thing you've been. Now he's imagining who knows what. We've got to get Berta, out. help me. Oh, I look like that? Berta, help. And Agata throws the wrench at Fook. It hits Hank right on the hand. Like, Ow! Look, I tried. I got one. Here, let me try. Okay, you try. Finnick just uh, takes his fist and punches Fook in the face. So you hit Hank. <laughs> Damn it! Right on the hand in the same place that the wrench hit him. Ah. <laughs> Hank slides up some of the rope into Fook's mouth so that he can't bite him. <laughs> Sorry, it just keeps on moving around. Can now I? there's the hair of some hag in your mouth. <laughs> Try as he might to wriggle out, Fook is still within Hank's grasp. I'm not going to let you go, little buddy. I'm not going to let you go until you're better. Fook needs him in the groin. Ugh. Someone stop hitting me. Anyone on my team don't hit me, please. <laughs> Finnick puckers up his lips. Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe your husband can bring you back. He valiantly leaps towards Fook's mouth with his... And sees what happens. <laughs> so Fook, through the darkness, the through the evil woman's grasp, you feel the surprisingly soft lips of Finnick Fleetfoot pressed up against your own. Mm. <laughs> oh my god! Hank <laughs> slides the rope out of his mouth <laughs> to allow the kiss. To- <laughs> Finish. <laughs> the darkness passes from Fook's brow, and he's now able to see where see his friends, and he's back in reality. Hank, let me go. I've got to murder this little halfling. Well, I, but I love. I just showed you the power of love. Fook struggles against his the, Hank's measly little arms. No, I, I'm, I've got good arms. Uh, we're not gonna let you go just yet, little buddy. Now I just need you to calm down, calm down. Hank does sort of shift the grapple, so now it's less of a hug and more of the, like, hold you back man thing, where he's got his arms behind his back. Get this halfling away from me. Just chill out, man. Just chill out. You hey, can... I, I just saved you, okay? You did it again, Finnick. What'd I do? Convince me that you'll have some sort of feelings for me. <sighs> I would never have married you. I don't know why I thought I did. I'm I'm sorry that that you thought that in the first place. It was all a weird mistake, and now I just I I as a as a as a friend, I kissed kissed you on kissed you on the mouth to get you out of there. Do you guys mind if you could figure out your marital troubles after we get out of certain death? Is that possible? I think this has been left alone far too long. Let's deal with it now. Really, while we're hanging in the middle of hanging off ropes. Yes, goddammit, it! Because my feelings matter. Honestly, Agato, maybe we should just leave them here, halfway on the wall, and we'll continue downwards. And when you guys are done, you can catch up. Okay. I'm. You know what? Fine. Let's keep going. If you guys want to settle this while we go die, then go for it. Otherwise, you could uh, settle, settle this at a pub over a pint when we're perhaps alive. To be fair, you're the ones who are going to die. Nobody backed me up when I was going to die. So you can either wait for us or go die. You weren't going to die. You were just walking in circles. That's fine. No, I mean to the orc pub. Hank is slowly backing down the slide on the rope. Okay, great. What do you want to talk about? You hurt my feelings, Finnick Fleetfoot. I apologize. Okay. 
<laughs> All he wanted was an apology. <laughs> You'll have to help me edit the shield. Just uh, edit out anything that I might have gotten wrong. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't. No, leave the editing to me. Oh, okay. All right. Yes, I, it does say at the top, trust Agatha. See. Oh. Does anyone have any olives? As you continue on down, when you reach the two hundred foot point. You see at the bottom of this slide, there's a sheer drop-off as though the floor has fallen out where Brown Fist must have fallen. With the dancing lights, you can see that 10 feet beyond, there is a ledge and the hallway continues. You cannot see any trace of Brown Fist, aside from some scratches at the bottom of this super happy fun slide. Uh, so I'm going to head across to the other side, and if you can toss anything across to me. I mean, I can light those torches for you. Hank casts press digitate, and the torches flicker to life. Great. Now I can get burned on my way over. Thanks. I gotta cast thaumaturgy to brighten the torches. <laughs> oh God! I just looked at Finnick's face. Oh, what? Ah. What the hell is that? Turn them I, off! Turn them off! Finnick, who's already started across, turns back, yelling. His ah. hair is on fire. <laughs> what are you doing to me? Ah, I gather just because someone does a spell doesn't mean you have to do your spell just so you feel special, okay? I, it's not because I want to do feel, feel special. I've been wanting to do Samathurji for a long time. Well, now yeah. I'm bald too, and I hope you are happy. Fook climbs back up this uh, fun slide using the rope a, a little bit, asks the people further down on the rope to kind of stand aside, then runs down and leaps across with oh, my feather fall. Oh, yeah, you're going to do it. Fook lands with his hands on his hips and his chest jutting out proudly. Uh, Agata climbs up a little bit on the slide, runs out with her immovable rod in her hands, jumps as far as she can, activates the immovable rod, and then swings out to Fook's outstretched hands. Fook catches her outstretched hand and pulls her onto the ledge. Thanks, Fook. Teamwork, right? Yes, we're a team. Hey, uh, Hank, you still need this? Hank, do you want to use the rod, or can Fuko get, uh, Finnick go get it? Wow, you guys are um, really athletic, but uh, I don't want to fall to my death, so I'm just going to do this. Hank makes like a farting motion and then casts gaseous form on himself, and he turns into a poof of smoke and floats across the chasm and then reforms on the other side. Finnick, would you mind uh, go getting that immovable rod? Don't no, no. acknowledge that was a fart Please. for a bit? Please, Please. I'm ignoring your fault. Please. The walls ignore that you were a fart. <laughs> you smell better than Finnick did. Uh, can you heal my face? Yes, I will do my best. How's that? I will actually do my best. Great, then do it. I think fixing this might require a bit of a, a bit more power than we have. So why don't we wear a mask? How about we Ooh. try? We get we fix your face as soon as possible. The immovable rod is more of a team thing. I'd I'd I've like got it some back. Spare faces. Do you mind, please, getting the immovable rod, please? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Finnick goes out and grabs the immovable rod and brings it back. Thank you, Finnick. You are in a long hallway. It is The air is very close. You are very far underground now. The light of the torches flickers. And as you continue along this very long corridor, the makeup of the walls changes from rough stone to polished stone to granite the style of the stonework is very different from what you saw upstairs it is a light graphite gray granite 
you reach a curtain that is tattered, it is very, very old, and it is very thick and heavy. Parting this curtain, you see a large, very large domed area. This room is made of marble. It vaults into the ceiling over a hundred feet. And on the walls, there are these, to most of you, very bizarre uh, inscriptions that seem to be in a language that most of you don't understand. And there's symbols. Fook and Hank vaguely recognize that this is the workings of an advanced mathematics. Ugh, boring. I know. No, I just if I had my abacus, I could figure this out. I bet. What? What is it? What is it? Well, it's math. You know, this look, is math. Yeah, this, this is math. It's not important. There. Let's move on. It is of a level of complexity on a magnitude of what introductory calculus is to one plus one equals two. That's the bit. That's the jump from what you know to what this is. Uh, despite it being out of his league, Hank goes to the upper left corner of it, takes out a piece of chalk, and begins trying to solve it methodically. Really? Really, this is what you're going to do? It's going to take for hours. Yes, we're in a tomb of a nerd. Let's move on. Wow, you're a lot more like Maldar than I remember. <laughs> Ooh, that sainted figure who once donated all of his money to dogs. Fook, remind uh, me to alter your shields next time we have a moment. So, Ooh, okay. in the center of this dome on the floor there are pedestals of varying heights there are four pedestals one is about five feet high another one is about 10 feet another one's 15 and then there's one sort of in the middle of them so i want you to imagine an l for the first three and then one in the middle i have been in enough dungeons to know that we have just reached a puzzle uh should we jump on them we should leave <laughs> we should do no, you want some no, olives? If I finish yes. the equation, then they'll have the answer. There's clearly someone's quib work. The last person who solved it put the answer on the board. I'm just going to... I got a hands fook some olives. Oh, these are disgusting. Finnick, looking around, sees the mathematical inscriptions around the bottom and does not understand them, so rapidly looks away, gazes up at the height of the dome, and right at the top can see four spherical shapes. Oh, wow. There are four spherical shapes about 100 to 150 feet underneath the ground. Yes, your eyes still work. We get it. I get what you're saying, Fook, but I think he was actually trying to point out the spheres. Oh. Uh, they are sort of gathered at the center of the top of the dome. I got it. You got it. Hank goes to the exact opposite side of the room. Oh. I'll start with the answer, because maybe he already had it finished. Oh, God. Everything here explodes. Be careful. Can it explode, Hank, before he tries to figure out the answer? No, this isn't working. I'm going back to the start. All right, so we have these mathematics going around the walls. We have these balls on the ceiling, and we have platforms. Agata has an idea in her head that those spheres up at the top are almost like balloons, almost as though they seem to have floated to the top. Oh, do we have to get one of those down onto each of these platforms? Here, give me one second. Finnick runs to the farthest wall, up the farthest wall, up the dome, and grabs one of the spheres. So the sphere in your hand is very light. And as you touch it, a pictogram of a long sword illuminates in yellow light. And as you move this, 
it leaves a trail of light behind. Oh, look, guys, I can spell my name. F. I. That's not helpful. Can you stop? Can you bring it down here? How do I spell my name? Yeah, you figured. Finnick, bring it down here. Can you do that? Actually, wait a second. Touch touch all the spheres, see what they got for pictures, because I see a picture. Uh, uh, this one's a longsword. Wait, where's the other ones? Okay. You see a tower, a drawbridge over a moat, and an hourglass. Hank tries to see if he can see those same symbols anywhere on the math on the walls. Hank, trying to investigate the equations, doesn't see any th- a longsword a drawbridge, an hourglass, or anything like that. He is able to, very on a very basic level, see something that reminds him of geometry. Finnick thinks that he's playing a guessing game, so he's yelling into the orbs what they're showing. Longsword! Moat bridge! Tower! Hourglass! Agata's wondering if she can shoot Finnick from here. One thing the Finnick does see is only the longsword appears to leave the trail of light when you move it. The other ones, when you move them, don't leave a trail. Huh, I can't spell my name with these. Yeah, I think that means we have to do the longsword first. Fook checks out the platforms but doesn't find anything of interest. Uh, Agata would try to see if there's anything in the mathematical equations that points towards the orbs or the platforms. Agata's attempt to understand the equations only gives her a headache. She is unable to make hide in her hair. Some of these symbols she has never seen before. Some of them, it looks basically like gibberish to her. Oh, my head hurts worse than talking to Fook. Finnick! Hey, Finnick, can you hear me? Yeah. Can you bring down that one with the longsword? Can you bring that down? Let's try putting it on one of the platforms. All right, I'm coming down. Finnick holds on to the longsword and jumps his feet off of the ceiling and lets it slowly float him down to the ground. Ooh, it's like I was on the moon again. What is this moon what, what, story? What? Oh, it's a great story, I'll tell you sometime. Okay. Book climbs up onto the smallest platform. So, do we want to place this on one of the platforms and see what happens? Sure. Finnick just blows himself so that... <laughs> I imagine you've done that a lot. <laughs> okay, buddy. You're going to make a dexterity check. <laughs> no, That's no, no, a no. hard reach. Finnick, Finnick blows out some air from his mouth to direct himself towards the first platform. Fook grabs Finnick's foot as Finnick's floating above and pulls him down onto the platform. Uh, you see that this longsword symbol glows a bit brighter. So it glows a, it's got a bit bl- brighter. Do we want to try it on the other platforms? Fook throws Finnick towards this, the next platform, the seven and a half foot platform. It gets dimmer. Agata walks up to the platform, jumps up, and gently pushes Finnick towards the 10 foot platform. This is fun. Uh, it, the further it gets away from Fook, the dimmer it gets. Yes, back I think it should was. be back, yeah. Okay, let's bring it back to you. Finnick, can you get yourself over there, or should I? Finnick just jumps and floats down to the five. All right, I, I, I'm starting to get an idea on maybe how this works. Wait, just a second. Let me grab this from Phoenix so that he can go up and get the next one. Well, actually, wait a second. Folk, step down. Ooh, all right. Uh, as you, as the globe gets closer to the top of this platform, it gets brighter and brighter. When it touches the top of this platform, it shines. The orb is shining on top of this platform, and it will no longer try to escape. It hovers 
a few centimeters above. I think I'm starting to get maybe an idea, okay? We also should get nervous from here on in because if we screw up the pattern in some way, something bad might happen. Okay, so that's why I got an idea on what we think might be going on. I want, so something I bad's going to happen. I want to throw it by you guys. So maybe it's based on like how high the thing would be because like a sword is not as high as a tower. But it's higher than a, an hourglass. Yeah, maybe true. the hourglass is different because it's so like, it's not a high thing at all. It's like a different type of thing. So maybe it goes on the platform. That's, maybe it's time and time has no height. It's very long time. It's a good thing you're pretty. It's been a long time. Is an expression. I'm going to go get the other ones. I'm just spitballing. I'm hey, just getting started. Here. How, runs, runs up the dome. Can you go try and get the, maybe the moat bridge? Because I would imagine the moat would be shorter than the tower. I'm and... sorry, I'm already halfway up the dome. I can't hear you. Yell, please. Can you go get the moat bridge? Yeah. Well, it's okay. called a drawbridge, so let's go with that. Drawbridge, fine. Also, have you considered that these things can be kind of connected? Like a drawbridge could be your entrance into a tower. First, you have to fight the guards to get to the bridge. And that takes time. I think my plan was closer to making sense. Finnick grabs uh, each of the orbs and moves them around to see if there's any light. Uh, none of them are lighting up. I'm stuck. Oh, the moat bridge. Finnick grabs the moat bridge and flips down to the 7.5. There's no light being drawn like there was with the longsword, but it has gotten incrementally brighter, the symbol. Yeah, I had a theory based on the fact that hourglass, it's like time is would pass in something and... You know, a tower is sort of like height that this could all factor in to the equation somehow. Finnick jumps to the 10-footer. It's it's about the same res- result. Finnick jumps to the 15-footer. Mm, it's a little dimmer. Finnick jumps to the 5-footer. It glows. It brightens. There's a line now between the two orbs. I think they're all just 5-foot. No, no. See, now it wants you to stretch it out because this is geometry or something, right? So it needs us to start from the five, and then we draw, we got to draw a triangle some way, right? So Go to the seven and a half, then. Also consider that uh, the longsword is still the only one that left a trail. It could be used to connect these things. But now now this one makes a a trail to the sword, because the sword was the first one. So why don't we try and take this trail of light to the seven and a half? He, Finnick, does. The light follows you, but... You aren't getting the same shining brightness off the orb. What about the, the 10? Maybe the 10? Because if we're trying to connect everything, then the logical place would be either 7.5 or 10. Finnick well, does. Why don't we take this from Finnick, and Finnick can spend his time getting the other ones from the ceiling. Okay. Finnick does. Agata picks up the uh, drawbridge orb and walks it over to the 10-foot platform. It, if you're standing at the bottom of this 10-foot platform. It is shining a bit brighter, uh, but you're at the bottom of the platform. You're not on top of the platform. Hey, Hank, can you give me a boost so I can get this up top? Well, that's heightest. No, it's not heightest. It's just practical. No, yeah, no, I can help you out. Hank reaches into Agata's bag, pulls out the immovable rod, places it to the top of his height, and locks it into place. Now there is a ladder that you can climb. Thanks. Finnick is up getting the tower. And Fook is going over to the wall, and he's going to mess with the math. Agata places the orb on the 10-foot platform. Something interesting happens. The orb locks in place like it was before, and the platform lowers to about another 7.5 feet, and the 5-foot platform raises upward. 
So something interesting has now happened. There is now a line segment connected. And it's it's meeting it. So they're all at seven and a half. Finnick floats down with the tower to the fifteen foot pole. You got you got to start on the sword though. You got to touch it to the sword first and then move it over. Or maybe you dr- you touch it to the drawbridge because that would be the second one. Well, but the bridge is the one that we just did, so that's probably why it leveled out. Yes, but we want to create a one long continuous thread of light. That's what I mean. Exactly. Ma- maybe we touch it to the bridge so that the light continues as opposed as to... As the shield says, trust Agatha. Uh, Finnick bats the the balloon down to Agatha. Agatha catches it. Uh, it's it's glowing. Uh, you don't see it connecting to the light, though. Okay, so maybe it is the long sword then, because it's not connecting. Okay, Agatha jumps back over to the other one. Something interesting happens when you go there. Uh, it uh, A trail of light connects to it, and another trail of light from the drawbridge has connected to it. Ooh, maybe this one goes to the 15-footer, and then the other one ooh, connects? Just do it. Okay, Agatha jumps across the two platforms to the 15-foot. That's a big jump. <laughs> well, just let it float up to me. Okay, well, let's float it up to Finnick then, fine. So, as you let it go, it is trailing two streams of light behind it. And if you move to that 15-foot platform, it's drawing. So, there is a square that is falling out from it. So, it's not moving in a triangle. It's almost as though there was a channel that these lights are now falling that are going into a square. And as you get to the 15-foot platform, a square has drawn out behind it. And when you place it down lines moving upwards meet the 15 foot height and push downwards as the first two platforms go flush with the ground and there's now a 15 foot tall cube oh finnick runs up to the top grabs the hourglass and floats down to where the fourth corner of the square would be on the ground there is no pedestal you float directly down to the ground damn it well, maybe, what, is it possible that there is a pedestal there? But, like, it's lower? Maybe it'll pop up the next time we get something in place. Yeah. The tower is in place on the 15-foot. It has, yeah, it is now at the uppermost point of a glowing cube. Well, place the, the ta- hourglass in the center. Wait, then. just a second. Uh, what? This this might be a trap. We all know that, right? Yes. So, uh, let's see. Let's see where a door might open, just so we have a better idea of what might happen if we complete this. Fair enough. Agata looks around for where a door, a trap door, might open. And Fook searches the walls. Agata looks to the floors and sees nothing. No, I see floor. It's as if the floor isn't even there. She doesn't comprehend that there's floor beneath her. (laughs) She perceives that the floor is not a floor, but a ceiling. Guys, guys, guess what? I'm walking on the ceiling. Could someone let her have something to drink again? <laughs> it doesn't take much. No, it doesn't. Lightweight. Fook does a very thorough investigation of the walls. They are solid marble. He doesn't see a seam anywhere. When Finnick takes a very close look at the floor, having seen that the pedestals, which looked like they were flush moving up and down, he notices that the uh, empty pedestal is not solidly built into the floor. It is also potentially slidable. You feel that this could come up or move down like the others. Okay, I say we place the last orb in the center pedestal on of the ceiling. I do too, Fook says, backing up to get his back against the wall. I mean, I'm just really frustrated that this pedestal is different. 
then the other three, and then it's clearly a square. I want to try to push it in the spot. Hank goes up to the pedestal and is trying to push it to the empty corner of the square. It will not move side to side. This is just very frustrating for me. Finnick, you want to put the Orbons' uh, pedestal on the ceiling? Agata says as she box, backs away from the pedestal. All right, Finnick. Uh, here I go. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Finnick swings up to, this, to the middle pedestal. Putting the hourglass into the center of the glowing cube, it locks into place. You start to feel a rumble. Mm, anyone have any food? I got some olives. But Fook ate most of them. They're disgusting. Mm. Hank backs slowly away from the cube and edges himself up against the dome wall. That's not my stomach. From the corridor in which you attempted to enter, that there is a rumble there looking. A marble slab is sliding down to block the exit. Immovable rod! Finnick jumps down and on his way down to the ground, snags it out of uh, Gata's hand and Indiana Jones is it. All the way to the entrance. Jumps, dives, and slides it in (laughs) just in time to keep it from closing. The room is shaking. Some of the some loose stones up in the ceiling begin to fall down around. I think we broke it. The central pedestal is rising. It moves about twenty feet in the air. The other pedestals begin to rise as well. The golden cube is elongating and the square area drawn on the floor that area of the floor begins to move up as well and you see what looks almost like a stone gazebo rising up from the middle Ooh, i guess it's party time fook you're always ready for a good party right looks like a good place to rest okay once the gazebo finishes its ascent in the center another column rises from the middle it looks to be a sarcophagus Fook reaches out with his uh, paladin senses to see if there's undead in there you have such a sense of dread coming from this there is something evil and very undead Hank has that same sense of dread, but it's not because of the undead. He just has a childhood issue with gazebos. This ancient sarcophagus shudders. A cloud of dust is cast off. The lid of the sarcophagus begins to open, revealing a kindly old grandmother. This has been Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto Comedians. Starring Oliver Georgiou as Finnick the Rogue, Joanna Houghton as Agatha the Cleric, Scott Thrower as Fook the Paladin, Maddox Campbell as Hank the Wizard, and Kyle Scott as the Dungeon Master. This has been a Kicks and Giggles production created by Kyle Scott and Maddox Campbell, with editing by Maddox Campbell, theme music by Derek Baldwin, and engineered by Andrea Miller. Find out more at cavernsandcomedians.com and please rate, share, and review the podcast. Thanks for listening. Are you implying you're going to take a rest while he is? I don't think we're implying it. I think we're implying it. I'm saying it. <laughs>
<laughs> a short rest. <laughs> yes, the the group has decided to take a short he's going rest. In a circle. He doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. <laughs> While Finnick walks in a Granted, circle. Granted, something could be climbing up that whole pit towards him, but or something might be coming up behind you. There's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down four hit points. I need this. Oh, I actually oh I actually you're down go. for it. <laughs> I was just suggesting lunch, not necessarily a rest. I'm but doing okay. it more in story for than for tactics. but Yeah, me too. I'm yeah, right. just more for, for the joke. In, if you've enjoyed this podcast, you might also enjoy... Once upon a time, there was a gnome. Once upon a time, there was an elf. Once upon a time, there was a little Once upon a time, there was a Once upon a time, there was a time, there was a time, there was a Once upon a time, there was an old rock. Once upon a time, 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 and no one lived happily ever after. Fairy tales for unwanted children. Find us on iTunes or at periodically.ca. Hello, this is Nug Nargang from Illusionoid, and if you like improvised comedy and old-style sci-fi radio, then Illusionoid is the podcast for you. Each week, we start with a title and improvise a completely new sci-fi comedy adventure. Tune in weekly for the grand adventures of Illusionoid, and maybe you can prevent the future from happening.